Chapter Nine of From Tangier to Tripoli by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. The Tell and Its Farms. The French have done good work in colonizing Algeria and have greatly increased its value as a farming country. The colonization department has laid out new towns and farm sites. Some of the lands are given away and others sold at auction on long time. There are agricultural banks for the benefit of the farmers and special inducements to settlers in low steamship and railroad rates. There are 800,000 Europeans settled in Algeria. More than half of these are French, but there are also many Spaniards, Italians, and people from Malta, Sicily, and other islands of the Mediterranean Sea. Already about one-seventh of the whole population is of European origin, and the best lands of the country are being rapidly bought of the Mohammedans by these invading Christians. The European population has doubled within 30 years. The cities are growing. There are French towns all over the country, and the Christian element is everywhere in control. Perigo, where I am writing, contains more than 5,000 European inhabitants and has all the surroundings of a rural city of France. Its streets are wide and well-shaded, and it has a large public garden in which the band plays several times a week. Its stores are like those of France, and it has no end of cafes and restaurants. There are scores of other such cities throughout the Tell, many of which, like Blida, Tlemcen, and Orleansville, are populous and prosperous. The Tell of Northern Africa has been noted for many generations as one of the granaries of the world. It fed Carthage from the time when it was founded by Queen Dido, eight or nine hundred years before Christ. It was the breadland of Rome in the days of her glory, and the Arabs and Moors grew fat upon it for centuries before the French came. It comprises the valleys between the mountains running along the coast, and the high plateaus of the Atlas which fall away into the Sahara, as well as a rich coastal strip here and there. It runs clear across Algeria and Tunisia, and in round numbers is seven or eight hundred miles long from west to east and from thirty to one hundred miles wide it contains altogether an area almost as large as new england and fully as large as the state of illinois it has between thirty-five and fifty million acres of excellent lands but this is in patches some large and some small i have gone through regions such as oran where the soil is as rich as the mississippi valley and through others where the vineyards grow in a fat red loam like that of the best coffee plantations of sao paulo brazil as it is now winter only the stubble is left on the great grain fields but there are straw stacks dotting the landscape everywhere and the trains are loaded with wheat and other cereals the wheat is handled in four bushel bags piled high on freight cars and then covered with tarpaulins the straw is carefully saved for it is the chief stock food, long feed, as some of our farmers would call it. The stacks are covered with a thatch as carefully put on as the roof of a house. In the department of Oran, where the soil forms a natural cement when mixed with water, the whole outside of the stack is plastered with mud. I have seen hundreds of stacks, larger than any haystack in our country, so covered. Some of the Algerian regions through which I have been traveling for the past week or so remind me of california the sun here is just as bright and it is so strong 
that the clouds paint velvety blue shadows on the fields and hills the sky is the same heavenly blue and the clouds are as fleecy white the same fruits grow here as in california and the crops look much the same in other respects however algeria is far different from any part of the united states there are no fences anywhere and but few barns for the cattle can be pastured all the year round so there is little need of stables i have seen no haystacks since i came into the country though i did observe some alfalfa fields near tolemsen the country people live in stone structures covered with stucco and washed with the brightest of colors i saw a sky-blue farmhouse yesterday and stopped at a rose-pink one the other afternoon there are excellent roads but no four-wheeled wagons on them almost every vehicle is of the cart variety and there are more mules and donkeys than horses oxen are largely used for ploughing now and then one sees a great awkward camel stalking sourly onward and not infrequently there passes a caravan of mules or a drove of donkeys loaded with grain not a little of the tell is irrigated there is an enormous dam near the town of perigo which holds back a lake containing fourteen million cubic meters of water and another not far away near st denis du sig which contains six millions more wherever the water can be stored it is conducted over the lands and a great deal of irrigation is done by means of wells the motive power for drawing up the water being a blindfolded donkey mule or ox and sometimes a camel these algerians are a nation of farmers over one-half of the europeans and more than three-fourths of the natives are engaged in agriculture and there are in addition an enormous number of native stock farmers the arabs own a great deal of land in the plains while such of the mountains as are fertile are covered with little farms some of which are not much bigger than a city backyard a large part of the tell is devoted to grain algeria produces millions of bushels of cereals every year there are about four million acres annually planted to wheat and something like three million acres to barley in addition some oats and corn are raised the corn however does not grow nearly so well as in our country wheat is by far the most important grain crop and a large part of that grown is suitable for making macaroni both the french and the natives cultivate wheat but among the latter it is done in a most slovenly way there are but few modern agricultural implements and only the foreigners who run big farms plough more than two or three inches deep they have french ploughs with wheels in front the shares cut well into the soil but it requires a team of six or eight animals for each plough such a team is usually composed of oxen though sometimes it is a combination of oxen horses and mules and not infrequently a donkey aids in the work the native plough is little more than a forked stick with a sort of iron shoe shaped like a trowel as a plough point this shoe is about ten inches long and a quarter of an inch thick and serves only to turn the earth to a depth of two or three inches it is not as good as a single shovel plough by any means such a plough has but one handle and the native does not press down upon it but merely steadies it with one hand as he walks behind in the furrow the tongue is fastened to a stick which rests under the bellies of the two horses forming the native team this stick is fastened to the horses by breast straps without traces of any kind since the natives are unable to do deep ploughing 
with such implements much of the grain is planted in and out amid the bushes and undergrowth along many of the foothills of the atlas mountains the fields contain more bushes than wheat while in places the wheat grows among thistles each of which has a head as big around as a pint cup the average wheat yield is not much more than one-half as great as that of the united states and less than one-third that of france it is only about eight bushels per acre these algerians do nearly all of their reaping by hand and that with the sickle it would be impossible to run a mower and reaper through the fields covered with brush and it is only on the large farms that threshing machines are employed most of the grain is trodden out by oxen or other animals i see threshing floors everywhere near the straw stacks they are circles of well-pounded earth upon which the animals are driven around over the snow until the grain is ground out after that the straw is raked off and the wheat barley or oats is thrown into the air against the wind to remove the chaff the straw is then stacked and the grain put in large bags for shipment if it is to be carried to market upon camels the bags used will contain six or eight bushels each as two bags of grain make a load for one camel if it is to go upon donkeys or mules each bag will contain half as much there are no elevators in the farming districts nor at the stations the grain is frequently hauled on great wagons with five six or seven mules to each wagon and a snarling dog on top to guard the load the driver who is usually an arab or kabyle walks alongside a donkey will carry only one bag of wheat at a load thousands of bushels being thus transported the bag rests on the little fellow's back without being fastened and the donkey as usual moves along without bridle or halter its arab master following behind most of the farm labor is done by the kabyles the arabs and moors are lazy but these white africans like money quite as well as their american cousins and will work for it i see them everywhere in the grain fields in the vineyards and in the orchards and gardens they are employed by the french farmers who come down in gangs from their homes in the atlas mountains to aid in the harvest at such times they live in little straw shacks built for the purpose they cook their own food on fires out of doors and sleep on the ground wages are best at the time of picking the grapes when many european laborers are attracted from across the mediterranean the vineyards of the tell are quite as important as the grain fields i have never seen grapes grow so luxuriantly or produce so abundantly anywhere else the vines are cut back every year making their stems knotted and gnarled the main stems are not knee-high from these stumps long branches put out from season to season and these bear the fruit some of the grapes are of a rich navy blue not large but full of juice and sweetness others are crimson and others white the latter are as big as damson plums and surpass in flavor and color the finest malagas i measured some that were served for dessert at the hotel here at perigo last night they were three and a half inches in circumference or more than an inch in diameter they tasted as sweet as maple syrup and their flavor was delicious the best of the grapes in the markets sell for about one cent a pound i have seen excellent vineyards everywhere i have gone algeria has thousands and thousands of acres devoted to them and they extend from one end of it to the other the french are careful as to the introduction of fruit diseases into the colonies having passed stringent laws to safeguard the importation of trees 
plants and vines as well as of flowers and fresh fruits the country is now producing more than enough wines every year to give several gallons to every man woman and child in the united states yet her grape growing lands have scarcely been touched i see vast areas of vacant lands among the vineyards and new vines are being set out it is said that there is not a place in northern algeria which cannot be made to raise grapes wine is cheaper here than mineral water i have two bottles every day on my table at the hotel and if i buy a lunch at a railroad restaurant a quart is thrown in without extra charge the wine is good too it is the pure juice of the grape algeria raises all sorts of fresh garden stuff at our hotel we have green peas and beans as well as asparagus celery and lettuce radishes are raised in great quantities eggplants and tomatoes thrive while onions and potatoes yield two crops per annum vegetables by the shipload go to france throughout the year and paris lyon marseille and other french cities rely upon this country for their winter supplies of fresh fruit and garden stuff fast steamers carry the fruit and vegetables across the mediterranean in a day so that within thirty-six hours they may be spread out for sale in the Halle Centrale in Paris. The Tell can produce almost everything grown in the United States. It has apples, peaches, and pears, also figs and olives, oranges and lemons. The olive thrives well up into the Atlas Mountains. Many of the trees are centuries old. They live so long that the people have a saying that he who plants an olive is laying up treasures for his children's children. The natives consume large quantities of olive oil. Even the cabiles make it in a rude way and store it in their huts for the winter. It is used for cooking and has much the same place that butter has with us. Enormous quantities of figs are grown and fig orchards are to be seen everywhere. The fruit is fine, although not equal to that raised in Smyrna. Some of the varieties are white and others blue. Figs are as common here as apples in America and quite as freely eaten. The natives dry them and store them away for winter use, and millions of pounds are exported. Algeria does a great deal of stock farming, not only in the Tell, but in the ranges of the Atlas Mountains, and on the high plateaus upheld by them are large flocks of sheep and goats. They are to be found also all along the edges of the desert of Sahara. Of the numerous cattle, donkeys, mules, and camels, more than nine-tenths belong to the natives. The sheep here are fine, large, long-wooled animals. They weigh, I should say, more than either our South Downs or Shropshires and seem free from disease. They are white and brown in color, many of the white sheep having brown faces. Their ears are long and silky and hang down somewhat like those of a spaniel. Thousands of pairs of our American shoes are made of Algerian goatskins. The goats are black and brown. They are of good size, but in their milking qualities do not compare with those of Morocco. The goats are always raised with the sheep. I have yet to see one flock which did not contain both animals, and I have passed millions on my way through Algeria. The flocks are always watched by shepherds, white-gowned, barefooted men or boys who live out in the fields with them. On the edges of the desert there are many nomadic shepherds who live in tents, driving their sheep, goats, and other stock from place to place to find pasture. The horses here are largely of Arabian origin. They are well made and tough, many of them being fine riding animals. 
some french horses have been brought in for heavy draft and many of those about the wharves of the cities show a strain of percheron or norman blood draft horses are usually worked single file and a long team of five or six horses harnessed up tandem is not uncommon sometimes they are harnessed three abreast a team of seven will often have two leaders tandem and behind them two abreast with three abreast next the wagon algeria has enough national roadway if stretched out in one line to reach from san francisco to new york furthermore these roads are better than most of those we have in the united states they are as smooth as asphalt and are so laid out that the slope is everywhere along the easiest possible lines this facilitates fast travel and the hauling of big loads indeed i doubt whether these roads are surpassed anywhere in the world one can easily travel over the country in an automobile and there are frequent motor car excursions from algiers into the wild scenery of the atlas mountains these roads which were begun by the french as a military necessity are still kept up for the army everywhere the troops go new roads have been made until they are now extended into the more settled parts of the atlas and down to the very edge of the sahara end of chapter nine